morning. Hello. Good morning, ladies. It's so good to see you. This is my husband, Lamar. Um, it's wonderful for all of you to join us. We're going to open up the chats this morning. Uh, happy Veterans Day to those of you that are veterans or are married to a veteran. Your service as well is muchly appreciated. But I do want to open up those chats so we can see who's with us today. So please open that up. And honey, we can't quite see it. Maybe um, let us know if you can see us and let us know who's here and where you're calling in from. So we get a minute to be um, situated. There we go, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. You helped me out there. I was panicking that maybe we didn't start it. So thank you, Tracy. It's always good to see you, sweetie. Um, so as Tracy did, please um, just join in and let us know where you're calling in from. Uh, we're excited to be here with you. So would you like to introduce yourself, Lamar? Yes, uh, I do have a, a, a small identity here. <laughs> so I'm not just Christina's husband. I'm not just father to uh, Josh, Jake, Andrew, and Alex. Um, I'm also just a, <laughs> a guy who has experienced just some incredible deliverance from sexual sin, sexual stronghold, um, mainly, and I'll be honest with you, um, mainly in the beginning, it was due to my wife's response to the gospel. And I, I can't help but telling people about it now. And so don't get me wrong, Christ has done an incredible work in my life personally, but the final wooing that I ever experienced from the Holy Spirit was really based off of how my wife was handling all of our yuck in the aftermath of my sexual sin and sexual stronghold. So uh, so that's it for me. I'm Lamar. Nice to meet everybody. <laughs> well, ladies, and I want to say hi to um, some beautiful women that I just love seeing join us. We have Judy. It's good to see you, Judy. Hello. Uh, we have Katie from Gainesville. Hello, Katie. Nice to see you. I see Corey from Arizona, Deanna from Minnesota. Thank you, ladies. Welcome. Um, it's always, always, always so nice to see people from all over the country. So I encourage you ladies to feel free to use that chat if you have questions while we're speaking. Um, I have some faithful, incredible women there. Tracy's there. We have some Esther's there. She is willing to help out, answer some questions. If you have questions that we might not be able to get to, put them in the chat. They're there. They're, they're going to be active. They'll be able to help out if we can't. But if you do have questions as we're going along, along. I do encourage you to use that place because we are going to be trying to see that. And at the end, we're going to open it up even more. So if you want to wait towards then and just kind of absorb the content, that's fine too. But if you have an urging question, um, by all means, put it in there. And like I said, one of the ladies will answer. Um, but it's it's exciting. It's exciting the message we have today. Yeah. And I'm super excited that you could join us, Lamar. I invited him here because we have a very special uh, message for you. And if you have your Bibles, you know, uh, if you're regular here, we really like to start in the word, we like to open in prayer, and we just really want to look at the truth. And the only truth we have is the scripture, one trick pony, you always say. Yep. So we, uh, let's just start for a second and let's open up in prayer. Would you mind leading us, sweetie? Fantastic. So thank Lord, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for these women. Um, Lord, thank you for, and this is going to sound odd, Lord, but thank you for the situations that bring us here closer to you. And God, for a lot of women, that's going to be um, maybe triggering at this point, especially as they go into the holidays. Um, but Lord, in the end, um, we pray that we understand more why everybody goes through storms like this, uh, and that's to be drawn closer to you. Uh, Lord, you expose because you want to heal us because you love us. And so, um, Lord, as we, as we look at the holidays and how to holiday, as we look at 
um, a redemptive arc today. Um, we look to you. As we scratch our heads and wonder about how this is going to go with our situations, we look to you. Um, if, as we wonder about what it feels like um, and how difficult it's going to be to, to disregard some of those feelings and to, to sink ourselves into the truth about what you have to say, we look to you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So Thanksgiving's right around the corner. What's the countdown? You've been counting down for a while. What it, is it? I think we're 13 days. Oh, boy. And that might stir up a little bit of anxiety in some women. You know, do I have the turkey? Do we have the guest list? Do I have the house clean? What decorations to put up? It can, it can, we can get a little anxious over the holidays for sure. And then quickly right behind that is Christmas. And so the reason why we decided to do this webinar is the holidays can be a lot, a lot, a lot, especially after you've gone through betrayal, it can feel, it can be overwhelming. And so we wanted to just create a place here to help you and to just point out some things uh, if, if this is your first season if you've just been um, just found out about your husband's struggle with sexual sin or his infidelity um, first of all we're sorry we're sorry you're going through that storm uh, i clearly remember our first christmas lamar and it was it looked very different um, we had uh, just gone through hell and uh, if you haven't heard our story, we have it filmed elsewhere, but Lamar had moved out. Uh, he was in multiple affairs. Two of his affair partners, or one of his affair partners was murdered. It was just this crazy, crazy, crazy season. He came back home. We were really just white knuckling recovery that first Christmas. And ladies, I could not think straight to save my life. I was in trauma brain. I'm sure you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you where you just, I couldn't put two and two together, not to mention trying to figure out all the chaos of the holidays. In fact, I didn't want to. I was so overwhelmed and just still trying to navigate our marriage and try to redefine the new us that the holidays seemed very overwhelming. In fact, I remember at one point in time saying, just don't buy any gifts for me. Just don't, because that was triggering the, the secrets and the he had given a fair partner's gifts. So I just said, no gifts. No gifts. Yes, um, I'm, I'm with you, Kathy. I was numb. That's a great word to describe it. I was just numb, so I couldn't feel the joy of the holiday. And it was difficult. But I was very happy that you respected my wish not to give gifts. I mean, we celebrated in other ways. And we resumed that tradition later on. But in that season, I just need to take a knee. So ladies, this, during this hour, I just want you to think, what is it that's going to help you this holiday season? We're going to talk more about that at the end. But right now, I just want to get a posture of thankfulness and gratitude, because that's another part of the holidays. You can lose sight of the good things that God is doing in your life. Um, I know that that was a huge thing for me, too. I was so focused on the broken marriage, so focused on the sex addiction, so focused on healing the wounds that I lost sight of the incredible, beautiful things God was doing around me. So to get started there, let's open up that chat, um, open up that chat. And I want to see what you're thankful for, because I really do just want to start with a positive, uh, just uh, just a positive energy, a positive attitude for all of us to have as we move forward today. So gratitude is healing. I agree with you. And so what are you thankful for? Let's just open up those chats. I want to see Rachel from Belgium. I want to hear what you have to say, um, Venetia. I just I'm excited to hear the things that you all are thankful for, and and to recognize those things. So thank you all for for being able to share that with us. In the meantime, while they're doing that, 
I'm going to ask you to read. Um, if you have your Bibles, it's, chap it's Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34. Okay? And if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. Um, also, maybe if you're an auditory learner or if you like visualizing, I'm going to encourage you maybe to just close your eyes while Lamar reads this passage. It's the story of the hemorrhaging woman. And if you notice, there's no name given to her. Uh, it's the woman that had the bleeding problems. And I just want to paint a picture for you. Um, I just want to set the stage. There's a woman who has been struggling for 12 years with this medical condition. We can look and speculate, maybe it was cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, whatever it was, she was bleeding uncontrollably. And it and couldn't stop. And she invested everything to try to stop this. But beyond the physical part is by Jewish law back in that day, she also would have been declared unclean. Unclean, which is, is it might as well be a death notice. I mean, it's it's that is your fate. When you are sealed unclean, there's no coming back from that. That's your life sentence, which means, and many of you know, that that means you can't have community. You can't be around your kids if she had kids. She couldn't be around her husband if she had a husband. No, I mean, she could not have a support system. She had to isolate herself as if she were a leper. In fact, if she were caught touching someone because she was unclean, she could have been killed. I mean, that's scary stuff. So I just want to paint that picture uh, for you. And, and like, um, like me, I like to visualize the story as it's folding out. If you need to close your eyes as Lamar reads this, I encourage you to close your eyes, or if you need to read along, that is fine as well. But do you mind just sharing this passage with us, honey? Yeah, absolutely. Before you go and close your eyes, ladies, just uh, let's, let's put everything in context first. Um, you can also get a sneak peek ahead of what's going to happen later. Go to Colossians 3 if you want to bookmark that. We'll be there here in a little bit. But um, before we get to the lady for, from 12 years, to put it in context, Jesus is in his ministry. You know, Mark is writing this from a very factual standpoint. And so... He has come from calming a storm. He's gone over the sea after the storm. He's cast out some demons from a herd of pigs. Uh, they've run off the edge. The villagers were so scared after the pig episode, they asked him to leave the village. Uh, he goes back across the sea, and he's been asked by somebody to go and heal their daughter. And on the way to go heal the daughter, um, people are just flooding his general area. And there are tons of people. He's basically having to have the disciples wade through people so he can get to this destination to try and heal this, this other lady. And while this is happening, you, know, you have to understand there's people everywhere trying to reach him. And so let, let's dive in as he, as he wades through this crowd. The disciples are kind of trying to shield him, keep people off of him. This is Mark 5, 25. So if, if you want to close your eyes just to get a kind of a, a visual image, then do so. So, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. 
But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I love this. And, and this leads me to the reason why I invited Lamar. Um, each one of us here, ladies, have suffered from bleeding uh, in some form, some, some capacity. Or right now, you might be suffering from bleeding. Uh, you might be hemorrhaging all over the place. And I'm not talking about literally. Um, I'm, I'm talking about you're hurting. Your, your heart is wide open. It has been hurt. It has been fractured. And, and it feels like you are bleeding out. Uh, and I remember that feeling oh so well, and you are just desperate for a miracle. You are just in this holiday season, you just are crying out to the Lord. Maybe you're praying for your husband to be sober and to get set free from his addiction. Maybe, maybe you're in the process of a divorce and you just, you don't know what your future holds and you just need a miracle for clarity. Um, I don't know what it is, but I believe that each and every one of us sitting here uh, could use a miracle and we're seeking out a miracle. And I just, I think this woman is just so beautiful because Jesus was on his way to go do a miracle for someone else. She chased after her miracle. He wasn't coming to come heal her. In fact, she was crawling on the ground, trying to find him going through the crowd, which like I said before, she got caught. She could have, she could have been murdered for this. She was unclean. They knew who she was. If she had been spotted, she could have been I mean, the consequences were so severe and she sold everything she had to try to get help. I mean, she had faith. She had hope that this was not her destiny. This was not her future forever. And she chased Jesus for that miracle. And I just think that that is so beautiful. Um, her faith, the example of her faith, Lamar. And uh, that is the reason why I invite him here, because right now we're hemorrhaging. We are really struggling. And we can empathize with those of you that are hurting. Yeah, the reason why I'm here today is because Christine and I have been struggling uh, with one of our sons. And um, it's been the better part of the last decade now um, with sexual sin and sexual stronghold. And I'm not talking about mine, I'm talking about my sons. Um, so this weekend, uh, I'll be striking off early Sunday morning uh, and then Monday, about midday, I'll be dropping him off at a facility in Kentucky. Um, it's a very specialized facility. They, they, they do um, biblical counseling, dealing with men that are, have struggled and really have no place left to go. And, and it's a long-term facility. It's going to be about nine months long. Um, and I say these things with a smile, and I say them with a sense of thanksgiving, uh, but also with a sense of dread. I'm going to miss my son. He'll be 18 shortly. Uh, they're taking him a little bit early, about a month shy of his 18th birthday. Um, he's prepared for this. This is not something we're forcing him into. He's actually going to pay for this as well. Um, he works full time while he's there, but there's services and there, there's devotions throughout the week, and they're really just stripping away all the distraction. And we are so excited for him. But the reason this is so exciting is because God's in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, originally, ladies, I prayed for uh, part of the miracle, the miracle, you know how we like to tell God what the miracle looks like. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Am I not the only one? Um, the way the miracle looked to me was that none of my sons at all would struggle with sexual sin and stronghold. 
uh, that's what the miracle looked like to me, uh, that all four of our boys would walk in freedom and they would know the cost of, of sexual sin and not go down that road. Um, but that was not the, the destiny for one of our sons. Um, in fact, our third son, uh, we adopted him when he was uh, four years old. He and his little brother, um, Alex, who was two at the time, and we brought him home. And ever since they were very young, we could always tell that Andrew struggled with, with a little bit of darkness. Um, you remember the one time after church, we said, okay, we're reviewing the Bible study lesson. And, and we said, okay, Andrew, so when is it a good time to steal? And what was his answer, Lamar? Yeah, we were expecting him to say never. And he looks it up and in all seriousness, he goes at night. We're like, oh, and, and, and I know all laughing aside, it seems funny, but that's always kind of been him. He's always kind of liked to do things in the dark and have secrets. And he doesn't like affection um, or attention or connection. I think he craves it, but sadly he's craved it in an unhealthy way over the years. Um, fast forward a couple of years from there, and uh, he was doing a research project for school online. And we had a company coming over, and I set him up on a computer, and I said, okay, um, if you want to join us for fun time, you got to finish your research project. You're getting behind. And he had all of, he started at the search engine. He was doing a project on the Titanic. He got the first three letters typed in. All of these images popped up because we didn't have safeguards on our computers because um, that we weren't in a place where we did that. And for the next 30 minutes, he got an eyeful of things um, and it turned something on in him. And um, there's no going back from there. After that, uh, even that Christmas, um, we gave him a chance to uh, make a Christmas wish list. And we gave each one of the boys a few minutes on the computer to look on Amazon to make a Christmas wish list. So he had his few minutes and uh, it was like 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, I went into the um, where he was working and it, there was nothing written down on the paper. I'm like, what's going on, Andrew? And he was what, eight, nine, nine years old. And, and there was nothing there. So I started going through the past history and it started DS games. DS games with naked girls, DS games with naked women in the shower. And, and then just the search engine. And so even on Amazon, all these things popped up. Um, it even, he even misspelled naked and it didn't matter. All these things popped up and 20 minutes went by and Christmas wasn't even on his mind. He just got filled again. And so ever since then, it's been an ongoing struggle with him with um, pornography, connecting with women in unhealthy ways, burner phones, um, yeah, secret accounts. Um, and it's been a very, very difficult journey through the adolescent years. Um, and, and so the prayer, the miracle I thought would be that he would be set free right away, that this wouldn't be a struggle, but that's not the case. And so now the miracle that we're praying for and we're chasing after Jesus is that at the end of this nine month rehab, he becomes a conqueror like his dad. And maybe his charge is to help young men in this world. And that's why my miracle wasn't answered the way I wanted. Maybe God has a different way to answer this miracle. I don't know what this looks like. So whichever miracle you're chasing, much like this woman, when it becomes recognized what's happened and what the miracle is, and it may not be the one that you're chasing, it may be the one that you need. Mm -hmm. um, it will be entirely unexpected. We can almost guarantee that. But we fall down in fear and trembling because of who he is, yeah. not because of what he can do for us or because of what we get out of it, but just because of who he is. 
And so as we start to talk about the holidays, we recognize just what kind of miracles we need. You think about how much the enemy has stolen from us around the holidays, be it Thanksgiving, you know, today being Veterans Day. Veterans, salute to you. Thank you so much for your service. But more importantly, thank you so much for all those that have supported you. Christmas is coming. You know, we're going to talk a lot more about Christmas next month. But this holiday season has so many landmines associated with what's happened in the past. And so as we look to see some re redemptive qualities behind some of these new memories, you know, that's where we're going to Colossians 3, because it's such a condensed and concise, I guess, narrative about how it is that God says, here's where you were, here's where I am taking you, here's what's going to happen at the end, and here's how to do it. And so to get those huge strategic overarching moments with Christ and the tactical application, the day-to-day -day application about how to recover you know, and then restore, reconcile, and redeem these holidays, I think it's so important for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. In Colossians 3, it is beautiful because it offers tangible steps that we can take during this holiday season, which is what we need. Uh, we all have, and we'll just start um, introducing that. You can open it up uh, if you are interested in Colossians 3. We have our old ways. And Lamar, I'll, I'll let you, because I really like how you describe this. Um, we have the old self and the new self. And I hear him talking about this with the men all the time. But it's not just for the men. This scripture was written for men and women, um, two men and women, um, to, uh, and, and Colossia from Paul. And so this message for, was for Christians. This is for you. This is for me. And so it's very easy for me to listen to this and say, okay, this is for my husband. Because as soon as they start off with, you got to address, you know, take off the old self, the sexual immorality, that's for my husband. But this message is yeah. for both of us. Yeah, so I'll start with the old self. Um, I'm still in no position to really be talking to her about verse seven. Okay, I'm going to talk about verse five, me and the men. Here's what, here's what the men are going to get later today out of us. And the, the old self rhymes with verse five and how Christ wants to put to death our old self. The sexual immorality, the impurity, the passions gone awry, the evil desires, the covetousness, all of that is idolatry. All of those things have been made little G gods. And so Christ is either going to smash us up against those, those idols or he's going to just wholesale destroy the idols. But either way, he will not come second. So verse seven. Yes. Can, yeah. can you read it for me? Absolutely. Yes. Verse seven. I'll read for her really quickly. And she's going to address this. Yes. So, you know, the new self, you know, in these you two once walked when you were living in them. But now you got to put these away too: anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Wow. And I, ladies, I, I don't think it's an accident how to me this screams out yeah i think verse five that he just shared the sexual immorality i think that's his struggle but right behind that our reactive response to that sin is the anger the malice the 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 the, the talk um the the how did they say it the not evil i mean it's the obscene talk uh, the obscene talk right so that convicts me like oh my goodness that's my response to him sometimes or when i was in we were in the fire that was um it, it, i think it's beautiful that they're all being addressed together it's not just the sin but it's the possible reaction to the sin too and and it's all a sin 
that is the old self. So when we're talking about recovery, those are the things that I am, as he is working on becoming sober-minded, I'm working on not being angry or bitter or resentful and my responses to triggers. That is what my recovery looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly interesting how when we look at this through the lens of, of recovery from sexual sin and sexual stronghold and the resulting fallout, the, you know, all the damage in the wake to the families, um, that Christ is, is so, again, faithful to us just in the span of a few verses to address these um, so separately, but also all conjoined as well. Mm. Um, but, but the beautiful news about it, and I don't want to dwell too long on the old us. That's right. I really don't, because the, the big redemptive arc here, okay, I want to heal that. That's where Christ wants to do his greatest work is in our greatest pain. And as we fast forward a little bit to 12, you know, verse 12 here, you know, what is it that he wants to give us? What is it that he wants to see from us based off of his mighty work? Compassionate hearts. I mean, my goodness, right away. Mm. Kindness, humility. We're going to talk a lot to the men today about humility. What does it really mean? Not just thinking about, you know, less about yourself. Okay, I'm thinking about yourself less and really going into big L love for people and loving people the way Christ has loved us. Meekness, allowing God to take control of my life and guide us where he wants us to be. Patience. You know, as you read these things, you think, oh my goodness, this does not rhyme with people that are tied up in sexual sin or stronghold for the men. This does not rhyme with people that are, are struggling with anger and bitterness and wrath, obscene talk. And so I just want to encourage you that that is the ark, but God, rich in mercy. This used to be where you were, the old self, the new us, compassionate hearts, kindness, patience, humility. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And if you continue to read when you have chance, I really uh, encourage you to take some quiet time to dig deep into Colossians 3, because as you continue to read on into these verses, it's going to say, um, he's going to talk three times. He's going to say, forgive as you've been forgiven, forgive. I mean, it's like book, uh, bam, 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 three times. I mean, twice we're supposed to pay attention three times. It's like, that's non-negotiable. And that, I mean, how tough is it? You know, that's not an easy message to receive. And we've been talking about forgiveness and I encourage you to go back and look at the past webinars. Uh, but the beautiful segue to this, and I think it's beautiful how this all connects is with the forgiveness, you could have forgiven your spouse. I believe many of you have. I've, I've received beautiful emails uh, the past couple of months about women's stories of betrayal and that, that they believe the word of God and that they have forgiven their husband. But there, there's always a sad part of their story. But I still don't love him. I don't feel love. I don't want to be intimate with him. I'm not ready to introduce sex yet. I'm not ready to, I look at him and I still feel anger. Even though I've said I've forgiven him, I still don't feel close. We're still living on opposite sides mm -hmm. of the house. And I hear stories like this all the time. And, and, it, and it makes me sad because it's more than just forgiving. It's words, words are not enough to change our hearts. Um, in fact, we have to show, show love, not just in words and deeds, but in truth and actions. And that comes from 1 John 3, 18, which is one of my favorite verses in the world. And so with words and actions, we're going to be talking to your husbands um, today at one o'clock about how they can, what they can do to help you. 
So I encourage you to have them watch it if they can't join us um, during that one o'clock hour, because we're gonna help them. They need training. They can't figure this out by themselves. But after the three times we talked about Thanksgiving um, and all these women have said, well, I, I, I'm sorry, forgiveness. And they said, well, I have forgiven, I have forgiven, but I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. I still don't feel it. What's the next thing that's addressed, Lamar? This is beautiful. And, and, and that's the next thing that is addressed, obviously every word of scripture is God breathed and it's an errant, infallible, complete. Um, this, is, this is our cherry picking of it. And so for us in recovery, what screamed to me was, was verse 14. And above all these, put on love. Mm -hmm. Put on love. And, and, I, and I always capitalize it because I like to think about big L love. And that's his love. My love is, is pathetic, self-serving, always you know, getting back to me somehow. You know, I love because somehow it either reflects better on me or because I get more out of that person because they love me. What, whatever that looks like. That, that's my little L love. But big L love is always sacrificial. It's always selfless and it's always looking to, to love with no regard for any kind of recompense love. And that's, that's the strategic art. That's the strategic thrust of what Christ is trying to do in us is to get, get us to that big L love where we just love with, with abandon because we know that we already have his. And if we don't get it returned to us, that's okay because his grace is sufficient. His big L love is sufficient. That's the agape love we talk about. There's all the different kind of Greek loves. You know, Eros is the romantic love and Phileo's brotherly, but his love is agape. And that's big L love. And as, as he gets us there, that's, that, that's the long journey. The long road is big L love. And now to fill in the middle, we got some tactical stuff to do. Yeah, how? I mean, it's one thing to say I love you, but how is that any different than saying I, for, I forgive him? Or it, it, it's still words. How are how do we do this with action? Paul doesn't leave us hanging. It's all about being thankful. Three times it says give thanks. Look in the next few verses and you'll count up three times it says to give thanks. And it sounds so simple. Give thanks. And here we are in this in the season of Thanksgiving. It is that simple. Uh, one of the greatest recovery tools that Lamar and I were taught. Uh, and our recovery was appreciation for each other. It was, it was, I, I can't even begin to tell you what a difference it made in our relationship to just once a day say to each other, Lamar, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll do one right here. Let's, I mean, you're here. Why not? This is a beautiful thing. Lamar, I truly appreciate the extra time you spent with Andrew to help him finish up his high school so he could leave for recovery. Um, your patience with him really filled my heart. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> I've got so much thankfulness for her. I mentioned earlier about her response to the gospel. And th this is that that tactical point where you know, being thankful is, is so very important for us, because it leads us down the path to big L love. And then it, it dovetails so nicely into forgiveness. And, and so I, I'm just so thankful for her, her forgiveness and not just the one time check in the box. Okay. I've heard full disclosure. Now I know about everything you did. There's no more secrets between us and I forgive you. It's the daily waking up and not trying to smuggle that forgiveness back from the foot of the cross and take it back ourselves. She daily tries to hand that over. And, and when I say tries to, 
it's because we're, we're humans and we're going to fail until our, our moment of glorification, when we're, we're one with the father, then we are still going to be in the process of sanctification. It doesn't give us license to go out and sin, but it just lets us know that he is working on us nonstop. Absolutely. When you take that time and you intentionally, if you're married, if you've stayed married, if you're trying to reconcile, I highly encourage you in this season, every single day, be intentional with sharing and appreciation for one another. This is a tangible step that can, I, mean, I cannot begin to tell you what it does to change your heart. Because what it did for me is I was always looking for the next shoe to drop. Uh, anybody else with me? I was always you know, checking to see when is he going to relapse? When is he going to, um, when is he going to fail? When is he going to be on his phone too much? When is he going to reach out to another woman? And I was in, it was anxiety driven. I was constantly worried about that, you know, that, that next failure. Instead, I took off that lens and I started looking at the good that Lamar was doing. He was working with other men. He was daily getting in the word. He was doing those steps and acknowledging them not only helped him, but it helped me rewire my brain that was starting to go down a negative path and get wired in a very negative pattern with looking for the negative things all the time. That's trauma brain. When you are always looking for the next thing to fail, even if it doesn't happen, you are rewiring negativity into your brain. You can actually see that toxicity build up in the brain. So I had some, some cleansing to do and that appreciation we're actually showing with science now that it can rewire your brain. I mean, this isn't just a heart thing that it changes. It changes your brain too. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal what it can do. Ladies, as you go through this process and, and you step from you know, recovery uh, into a redemptive marriage, uh, let me encourage you. You're gonna feel less and less like your response to, to your, your husband's recovery is the most meaningful part of his recovery. Meaning that if you fail somehow, that he's gonna run back to his old sin. As he continues down his recovery path, he recognizes that he should be in recovery regardless of how you respond. And even your, your, your worst moments, your ugliest you know, reaction, um, when you are at your absolute weakest and you, and you say something, you're like, oh, I can never take that back. And I really wish I could right now. Um, he is going to, he may bristle, but he is not going to fly off the handle, run out of the house and go on a, on a two day bender doing whatever he wants with whomever, whenever, however, that, that, that's the old way. Yeah. And, and there are women here that, uh, your husband is not choosing recovery and you've made the, the decision to separate or you're already divorced, uh, but yet you're still seeking healing. And that's why you're here with us. And I commend each and every one of you, uh, but the appreciations still go for you too. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with the partner that you left. Um, there's no need to, to grow in gratitude and appreciation for him, but it is for God. And if that's who you're pursuing and willing and courting, which is all of us here, even those that are staying in a marriage, don't forget the daily appreciations for God. I love that in uh, Warpath for the men, uh, they are taught by Dr. Wise uh, that they should, um, before they even get up out of bed, uh, that they should say five things that they're appreciative of that God has done. And just thank God for those five things before they even get up. I love that. And I encourage every woman here to do that as well. Uh, and I encourage you to even take a journal and write them down 
or notes on your cell phone or, or send yourself a text message. Because then when you end the season, a holiday season, if you're triggered, uh, if you're hurt, if you are feeling like there's no hope, go to your list. And you have a list of five things from every day, forever, how long you've been doing this list. And that's going to remind you, no, you have so much to be thankful for and to be able to have, and, and it is a mindset, but it's also a heart set and it resets everything. So I highly encourage you to do that as well. Lamar, uh, something I just want to touch base on before we open up the chats, and this is where I do want to actually, ladies, um, have you chime in. What are your concerns over the holidays? What are your fears? Um, uh, I had one woman ask me, um, and then I'd, I'd like to ask you this, what are some things my husband should be doing to prepare for the holidays? Can you maybe share some things that maybe, and if they don't know, be gentle, be patient with them, but help them. You need a strategy in place before it happens so you don't do what we did and, uh, and yeah, suffer through it. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have a plan and a strategy before going in. Yeah. And we know this now, but we didn't then, and we botched this a lot. So uh, for all the military types out there, you're going to recognize the next term. Uh, it's called PPR. It's a pre-planned response. And this is so important because you know you're going to face this stuff in the holidays. You know there's going to be issue with three big things. And the three big things are family. Everybody's got that uncle. Okay. <laughs> or aunt or cousin. You know who I'm talking about. They're going to say something crazy. You also are going to have an issue probably with time. You're either going to overcommit or you're going to wind up too isolated. So there's always a problem with time. And then the third one that we, that we love to talk about is money. So these are the three big stressors around the holidays that every year, lather, rinse, repeat, we see them over and over again. But for the most part, we just choose not to do anything about it. We just kind of chalk it up to, well, that's just the holidays. It's just part of who it is or who who we are and what it is. Yeah. And for ladies, um, I love that you teach that to the men. For the ladies, and this is why I want to open up the chat, what are some of your fears for the holidays? In regards to family, it might not be that uncle. For me, it was about how many people know our story? How many people do we have to pretend normal? Um, how many people know too much of our story and it's just um, awkward to be around? Or, or maybe there is a parent, um, a, your, your spouse's parent that you might blame for the way they turned out because of some of the things that the parent did to, to, to your, your husband. I don't know what that looks like, um, but the holidays were very, very difficult for me to be around family, especially that first year. Yeah. Um, but let me assure you now, it, it, it does go away with time. Let me give you that hope. But what were you going to say? No, it's interesting. Uh, you, know, you, you know that uncle, you know that aunt, you know that cousin, or maybe you feel like you're that family member. Maybe you feel because of your situation, like you're that family member, just like Christine was talking about. Who knows our story? Who's going to be in the room that is going to say something silly? Uh, my mother has said some insane things about our situation. I mean, completely counter culture, completely counter to good recovery. And we've had to basically have that pre-planned response in place. And it, and it goes back to the late part of Colossians where we forgive. We, we know that it's coming. And so I, I think that having that kind of that, that forgiving forward posture that, um, you know, forgiving before it even happens and, and 
understanding that these are broken humans just like the rest of us, just struggling with their own stuff. Maybe their stuff doesn't rhyme with sexual sin and stronghold. They can't possibly understand it because they've had the impervious life. They never had to worry about it. Something else that's big for the women, we get very um, busy during the holidays and uh, and there's a lot of uh, traditions that we feel like we need to keep alive. And especially when, when you're in trauma brain, like I said before, uh, it, it's, it's almost impossible to be able to keep up with the things we used to be able to do and, and the expectations that we have to continue them. And that's what I wanna encourage ladies, give yourself a little grace this holiday. It is okay if this Christmas looks a little bit different. It's okay to take a knee with some of your traditions. I think we have this narrative that if we break a tradition and God forbid we don't have the ginormous turkey and the home cooked stuffing and a present for every person at the table, that that tradition is broken forever. That, that, that's not the case, lady. No one's going to be asking you, oh, it's a tradition? So that means you've done it every single year and you never missed a year. <laughs> it's okay if you miss a year. I stopped doing Christmas cards in 2015. I couldn't do it. It was just too draining. I didn't know what to tell people. I didn't know what to say. And it was something I used to spend hours and hours doing. We sent hundreds of Christmas cards out. I still haven't resumed doing Christmas cards because I now take delight in not doing it. I found out that that's something that doesn't bring me joy. It just brings anxiety. And that's not a tradition I have chosen to bring back. But it's okay if this season looks a little bit different. That doesn't mean it's it's the end and that you can't resume it a year from now, two years from now, or maybe start new ones mm -hmm. that are even better. Yeah, this is great. Gloria, you put this in, in the chat. Let me encourage you also, if you want a question you know, to really grab our attention, sometimes the chat can fill up and we may not be able to see it. I happen to lay eyes on this thing from Gloria. Use the question and answer if you really want to make sure that we get to it. Um, Q&A is down at the bottom. It's one of your little tabs down at the bottom of your Zoom screen. But Gloria says that her, it looks like her sister's an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. Unbeliever. Mm -hmm. She's also a therapist. I call that a terrorist. So, mm -hmm. um, and she's- Nothing wrong with therapists. A yep. lot of people have therapists on you and it's a good thing. Yep. He's talking about physical therapist. He always calls me his- Physical, physical terrorist. terrorist. Right, right. And I so, think she probably needs a mental health yep, therapist. I, I think she does too. Mm -hmm. And so she says that her sister's always looking to diagnose her. You know, how are you guys really doing? Oh boy, yeah. And this is great. I just want to, you know, I'll let Christina go through this because she's got a whole bunch more therapy training than I do. But some people go their whole lives looking for a ministry opportunity. Gloria, this has been airdropped into your lap. Not only do you have your sister who's really genuinely concerned about you. So that's a blessing. That's a thankful piece. Chalk that up in the thankful column. And then the challenge or PPR forgiveness column is, how do I deal with her trying to diagnose me? You know, it's coming at some point, maybe it's after the third glass of wine. I don't know, whatever. And so, but what an opportunity for you to say, I cannot explain this, but we are gaining an unbelievable peace in the incredibly ugly wake of all the sin that's happened between us. You know, me screaming at him because of what he did, him from what he did, whatever that looks like, God is stitching all this back together. And, and as you start to talk to her about this, trust me, especially from someone with a, a, codified, phys or a codified mental therapist background, she's going to start to scratch her head and say, how is this happening? How can this be happening without her talking to somebody nonstop and, and peeling back all these different layers of the onion? 
And, and she's going to start to realize through the wooing of the Holy Spirit that there's something else out there that she's seeking. I like that. I have a little bit different of a perspective, and that's okay. It's always good. And I don't know quite what the question was because I can't see that. Um, I dropped my glasses down here. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it okay. straight away. Uh -huh. um, praying for direction to set healthy boundaries, but yes. not let fear control Richard. I love that. And I. Uh, yes. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say, Gloria. Healthy boundaries. You don't owe her an explanation. You don't owe her. She is not your therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to have that healthy boundaries, just, I love your heart. Thank you for asking. Um, how's your holiday? Just redirect, redirect. That's the best way to do it. Because I, my personal opinion is if it's someone that truly genuinely does care and she's able to put the therapist side of her way, she'd be reaching you outside of a Christmas party where you're involved with a lot of family members. That's not a place to be talking about it. That, that's a time to be um, joyful. It's usually when the kids are around, that ever, other family members are around. So just thank you for your concern. We just appreciate your prayers. And then how are you? What's going on in your holiday season? Redirect. Um, that That's a tough one, Gloria. So thank you for sharing that. But you're right. We've had that too. Um, inappropriate mm -hmm. times. People <laughs> have asked us, so how are you and Lamar doing? It's like, um, well, we're at a wedding right now. So we're going <laughs> to just first watch that and then maybe we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah you'll, you'll never get the, just the, the one paint all uh, you know color by number answer mm -hmm. uh I, I think that there's so many different techniques that nothing can really qualify as procedure in this part except for overarching it with christ's love mm -hmm. so i love it so if you have any other questions ladies we're opening this up mm -hmm. uh, fears that you have for the yeah. holiday here's a great one it was right right on right before gloria mentioned mm -hmm. it about taking any time you get a trigger actually scribbling it down and trust me there, there's a lot of power in, in writing down that trigger acknowledging it and then putting it in a jar so you, you write down a scrap of paper when it, you get triggered putting it in a jar and then when the jar gets full burning the jar Woo. So I, I I love that. And by the way, burnt glass is absolutely beautiful. But I, you know, hey, some other stuff on top of that. If you so choose, if you're strong enough, you know, as you look at those triggers, hey, what are the costs behind that? What are the what are some of the things that you can talk to with your mate about the future and how to address that? Is that something that we're just gonna ignore? Is it something that we're gonna put some countermeasures in place regarding? Forgive all the military talk, but it is Veterans Day, so y'all have to deal with it. I apologize. I mean. What does it look like? How are we gonna do this moving forward? And then finally, when you get to the bottom of all that, what does God say about this? What is the truth, the big T truth behind all this? Here's all of our feelings, our emotions, our costs, our countermeasures as we come up with them. And then what does God say about it? And I think going through a process similar to that, and then maybe you burn it, I don't know. These are, again, these are all just steps that you can take if you're strong enough, different levels of recovery. And then looking to Christ for that kind of that final stamp, either affirmation for, for what you came up with or a redirect, a Holy Spirit nudging, like, yeah, try it this way instead. I like it, I like it. So other tangible things that we can do or other stressors that um, women face, you kind of started on the money situation. Mm -hmm. um, that, that is a stress for men and it is a stress for women, yeah. um, especially if maybe you found out that the finances, that the husband hasn't been honest about his finances, um, money was spent on an affair partner or pornography or chat rooms. Um, so you're a little sensitive to money being spent on the holidays. Um, that can be very triggering because now you might not feel like you can do the normal things that you would um, be able to do. Yeah. So, 
have an honest conversation with your husband is a great recommendation in terms of hey, listen for one of the big reasons she mentioned that first year please no gifts she didn't want any more surprises as she had gone through our finances she has started to see some of the holes that i was creating through gaslighting through flat out lying through moving money around to protect my secrets and for her it was just going to be way too much and she loves a surprise if any of y'all knew christina you know the, the way that i do you you would recognize what a great you know thrill it is for her to get a true surprise uh, it's one of the reasons why she will do just about anything to surprise you in, in a positive way because she wants to be surprised and so for her to, to to lay that down and say i don't i don't want anything from you because i don't want there to be any secrets i don't want there to be any surprises i'm just numb right now to that piece of my life um so and to have that honest conversation with me trust me it, it's it struck me hard in terms of, of laying me low of, of what i had done kind of relayed the cost without us naturally spelling them out fully but it was so clear I mean, it, it was so kind of her and, and I just I, I just so appreciate it. So have that good, honest conversation with your husband. Hey, here, here's what I'm worried about over the holidays. And be that applying to family, be it applying to finances or be it applying to your time here. Here's where we could really slide off the, the rails here. Um, I, I think it, and this is the hard part, ladies, um, to don't assume he's going to get it right. Don't assume he's just going to know and be able to guess this or that the guys are even going to be able to guide him the right way, because what works for me may not work be the same thing that's going to work for you. I mean, we're going to be talking to the guys today and we, we will be saying um, about appreciating the wives and those kinds of things. And just because I don't want gifts, I don't want every single guy out there to say, oh, don't have to buy my wife gifts this year. That's part of the No, this is where we need to have an open conversation. You might want a new wedding ring. You might want a very expensive gift. I mean, that is between you, God, and, and your husband. Every single person is different as to what it's gonna be. But to be honest, and because that is also part of the Colossians 3, no more lies. Yeah. And that's not just no more lies for him, it's no more lies for you, which means you have to be honest about where you have expectations. And you need to be able to voice those expectations to your husband. Mm -hmm. hmm. Oh boy. Hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah. No, more, no more lies for us is kind of table stakes in, in men's recovery mm -hmm. where we struggle with sexual sin and stronghold. Uh, so ladies, she just threw down a gauntlet that I, first off, I'm not capable of doing that <laughs> based off of some of the stuff I did. And I know God's in the process of still sanctifying me is maybe one day I get to that point. But wow, um, to, to really be honest about your expectations of your significant other is mm -hmm. that, that goes for anybody. That, that's incredible. So mm -hmm. I want to get to Catherine's question now. This yes. is this is an awesome question. And I want to, as I read it, I want Christina to go first, and then I'll throw in any thoughts. Naturally, she'll probably give a superior answer, so I'll probably be quiet at the end. So. <laughs> when you get to a place in recovery to make amends, I don't feel that's where Catherine thinks that she is. So my kids all live in other states. We're getting together for Thanksgiving. I don't want the holiday to be triggering to the boys but it is also one of the few opportunities to share my heart and give, a, give an amends letter. Should I do it another time? And I don't know whether or not that's your, your letter, Catherine, or it's your husband's question or, or, or you know, whatever that looks like. So. Um, oh, Catherine, I'd love some um, more information. If, if you have a crowd and neighbors involved and other people here, probably not the time. If it's just your boys and your husband, I think it's beautiful. 
I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, if you are worried about it being true triggering for the holidays, usually when people come in from out of town, they stay for more than one day. So maybe it's um, something that you do Wednesday night or Friday um, if you want to keep Thursday sacred. Um, but in a men's letter, I think that that there's something to be said about fresh start mm -hmm. and incorporating into that immense letter the appreciations as well like uh, the, the appreciation for a fresh new start appreciation for god revealing the sin appreciation that you can be able to tell um the boys um about this struggle or mm -hmm. or what that looks like but i don't think it just has to be immense i think if this is if god is um, downloaded that Thanksgiving is the right time. Maybe it's because he wants you to incorporate some appreciation in there as well for healing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and I think it's so important that you also read the room and you read the situation. Mm -hmm. if, if folks are responding to God's redemptive story in your life and they're seeing the, the changes in everybody, they're seeing the changes in the, in the formerly fractured relationship and they're seeing him knitting everything back together, then I think that it's a great weekend to get that done. I really do. And I think asking them is a huge part of that. Yeah, if you both are on the same page that this is what you want to do and God has um, directed you this way, and that's a big part too. Have you spent time with God and ask, is this the right timing? And if that is the direction you get, then the outcome, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it makes them feel uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if they leave in a huff or if they, they get upset and say you ruined the holidays. You're being obedient to what God has told you to do. He will take care of the rest. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah his, his grace is sufficient. That's it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and that, that may mean a period of, uh, of kind of head scratching from some of the other parties, but an amends letter is 90% for you anyway. Can I say one other thing? How many times in the Bible with the stories and the miracles, Lamar, does it first take an act of faith? So I'm just thinking, Catherine, if this is something God has told you to do, but he's asking you first to go, you know, write this immense letter and to share it with your sons, who's to say there's not a miracle for your family right behind that, that step of obedience? Yep. You know, how many miracles do we miss out because we aren't obedient, because mm -hmm. we're fearful? Mm -hmm. So see. this holiday season, if you're looking for a miracle, what is God asking you to do? And take that step of faith first. Take that step of faith first. Amen. Yeah. So I love this. This just came in from Tracy. Okay, Tracy, so bring it on, sweetie. It's not really a question so much as a here, here's something that has worked for me in the past. Love it. This is a great PPR, ladies, a pre plan response to put in your toolkit. And uh, again, forgive me for all the man speak, but it's, it's I don't really understand y'all's language sometimes. <laughs> and so you get mine. I apologize for that. That's all right. You're bringing a, a fun. Um, you bring, bring variety and color and uh, um, just okay, what, what, what did Tracy have to say? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that was sliding sideways pretty quickly. Um, give yourself some space, ladies. Uh, mm. it, you're still probably going to be triggered for a while. Yes. You know, probably for the rest of your life. But that, that's where his grace is sufficient. Mm. And understanding that that's a moment where you can take and go, maybe, maybe go to the bathroom and just lean into him and say, I, I, I don't have it together right now, Lord. And the old me would just you know, fly off the handle and wreck the place. And there'd be pieces of, of you know, people's you know, figurative existence all over it. And now saying, Lord, you are enough. In this moment, I'm going to you know, remove myself from the situation, get to a place where I can focus on you 
and your deep big L love for me, just so I can go back out there and face what's going on. You know, the floodings are, are they're going to happen, team. I, I don't want to sugarcoat this and say like this is some kind of, of paintbrush to take care of all those. I, I like that. Um, Tracy, you're right. Uh, be prepared that it is triggering, especially if you're brand new to this. Um, that year, that first year, we didn't go to parties. Uh, I, it was too triggering the holiday attire because we're um, uh, the dress that it gets a little bit tighter and minier and I just the women around I just I couldn't handle that. We didn't go to parties the alcohol that was being served that was triggering um, people asking questions not knowing who knew. Um, so a couple of years, a few years actually we stopped doing those things. It didn't mean we didn't celebrate the holiday season in different ways, we redefine the holidays. So those things aren't important to us anymore. Um, drinking parties and and um, uh, places where he might be triggered or I'm worried about him being triggered. Uh, but we had to talk through that. We had to look to see uh, what that looks like that might be different. But if you know that you're going to be in a triggering situation, what is your battle plan? Invite, if you're married, invite your, your partner along with you. How can you help me? How can we have a quick exit strategy? How can we um, uh, set up boundaries uh, in case I get triggered? Have a code word for each other. Like, I just need to let you know I'm triggered. And it's kind of hard for me to come up uh, if we're in a social situation, even a work party or something that's harmless uh, for me to come up and say, hey, Lamar, I've been triggered and we need to go. But I can have a special squeeze. I mean, I can pull, come up and pull out some arm hair and that can be my signal. We got to make a hasty exit. Have something in place. Be mm -hmm. smart about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And most men are going to respond in that regard as you pull their their arm hair, unless you've given them the heads up. Hey, I'm probably going to pull some arm hair if I'm ready to go. And that way, it becomes less of a surprise and more of a okay. I know what to do now. Well, you got to talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. I'm not giving permission for the ladies just go yank out their husband's arm hair. Yeah. That's the so, uh, create. Uh, be intentional and mindful ahead of time of situations that might be triggering so you yeah. can create that space and a quick exit or getaway. Yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to say, you mentioned something, honey, about um, if you're triggered and you said something, you will be for life. Uh, I, I don't want to dismiss that because that could have been really triggering for some women like, oh, my goodness, I'm being triggered right now and I got to deal with this for life. Ladies, you might, uh, yes, there are the there is a chance you could be triggered for life, but it, it becomes so much easier to handle. Um, so fewer and far between. Uh, now I can make it through a whole holiday without even thinking about the infidelity and our past and the affairs and, and the traumas, or I can talk about it just as if it's somebody else's story. Uh, it's very seldom now that I am triggered. And so we've done the work. Lamar has walked beside me in this journey. Uh, I don't dread the holidays. We brought back a lot of fun things. We actually started decorating. We did Christmas last night, um, which I never would have done because you do Thanksgiving first and you don't even listen to Christmas music until uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, that is just, that's the way it has to be. But with Andrew leaving, we decided we were gonna do Christmas early and we decorated the tree and you know, we're just, you gotta be a little bit more flexible. What do you need to do? It might look different and that's okay. Give yourself grace, like Tracy said. Mm -hmm. And Catherine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in the chat, if folks are wondering, is there gonna be a recording of this that can access later? Yes, uh, and amen. Over on the Facebook Soul Refiner site, that's gonna be hung probably this afternoon, definitely by Monday. 
uh, close of business. That's kind of our SLA, our service level agreement, and we'll get it done by Monday. So uh, we typically get it done today. Um, thanks, ladies, so much for allowing me to be here. I'm going to turn the rest of the meeting over to Christina, and we're going to begin the, the closing ritual. Oh, it's fine. I'd love for you to stay. But uh, I do want to invite you ladies to, uh, if you didn't get to finish watching this or if you want to watch this with your husband, which I highly encourage you to do, also catch the mission brief. I'm going to be inviting them or we're going to be sharing different information. We have a different message, um, some similarities, some things we're going to be talking about Colossians 3, but hitting some things a little bit harder for the men. But I invite you to watch that with them because we are going to be giving different takeaways during that time uh, and and a, a different message. So catch that later because I know you all are busy and you need to go enjoy your Veterans Day. Um, but that is at one o'clock today if you can make, uh, make it. Uh, if you need the link, shoot me an email real quick and I can send it to you if your husband doesn't have it, um, or you can just catch the recording that won't be recorded as well. Uh, we will be meeting uh, again next month, uh, the second Friday of the month. It's always the second Friday of the month, and we will be talking about the holidays again and checking in and um, talking more about the miracles. Yes, it's going to be a joint session. So we're going to nice. remember we, we talked about a little bit sounds, earlier. Yes, yes. And I, and I think that it's important that we do this together again next month, uh, but having all the women and all the men in the, in the same room, so to speak, uh, the same webinar, um, I, I think is, is going to be a, a really big plus for us uh, yes. for the next one. Absolutely. So we'll be sending out more information about that. So invite if you are married, if you um, are dating someone, invite them to come in. Uh, we'll be talking to couples, um, uh, but even the single people or people that are divorced come come as well. You'll still I promise you, you'll glean some some good information that'll help you for the holidays. So I cannot thank everyone enough for participating. Uh, thank you, ladies, for those that have been answering um, in the chat and participating there. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions whatsoever, do not hesitate to reach out to me, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, but do you have anything else that you would like to share? I mean, yeah. We got Thanksgiving. and This is interesting. Ladies, a little bit later on, I'm going to talk to the guys a lot more about Colossians 3, verse 5. And Christina may or may not gloss over Colossians 3, 7, and 8. Because I, I want you to rest easily that I'm going to talk to the men about not using Scripture as a battering ram. Yeah. That, that, that's not conducive to big L love. Yeah. If somebody is trying to stand on theology to say, like, no, no, you should be recovering a little bit faster. Okay, please send them my way. Mm. Please, please, please send, you know, somebody that's been unfaithful in the past that, that is, is really pushing their significant other into a state of a redemptive marriage that that, that person's not ready for. Please. Absolutely. And we'll treat it kindly. You know, we'll treat it, and if, and if, you know, if you want to talk about it together, I'd love to jump on a collective call. Y'all can speak your phone up, and I'll just, I'll just walk through a lot of stuff. And it, it, it's, it's just not the way to go. It's, it's not the right thing to do. Uh, we use scripture as a guide for ourselves, a mirror for our own lives, and then to help others. And, and that's it. It's never to beat someone about the head and shoulders soundly. Thank you. Thank you for offering that. I really appreciate it. For anybody that's struggling out there, or if you, or if your husband comes to you later and says, "We need to sit down and talk about Colossians three, and we need to talk about your anger," um, you can have him call me too. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably not a good idea because I will throat punch him. <laughs> that's a Carissa term. I borrowed that from her. 
<laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. We'll be on our way this, this fantastic Friday. So, Lord, thank you so much for this time. God, thank you for these ladies. Um, Lord, thank you just for your spirit just falling all over this. Um, and Lord, we know that you know some of us maybe aren't open to, to receiving that full spirit, me included, God. And so, Lord, I, I pray for a, a more complete surrender uh, for myself, uh, for my lovely wife, uh, and for anybody that, that will listen to your Holy Spirit nudging, that good godly guilt. And I also pray that no one listens to that satanic condemnation that says that we're disqualified or somehow we, we're not fit for your work. Uh, so God, we, we, we send it all to you. We bring it all to you and, and we lay it down at your feet. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless sweet sisters. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next month. Or we'll see you in a couple hours. Bye. Bye.